Like, yo, foreigner, you crazy for this Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, that thing I'm jab riding when I'm left hooking Fiends said they love me cause they know I keep that sack moving Sad to say, but this the life that I have growing I had to hustle, skipping class, man, I was truant I can flip some packs and teach you how to do it This the real deal, better watch your back cause people will kill Kill Bill, kill switch on the Glock, yeah, this the real real And people spin around them blocks just like a Ferris wheel But that's enough of that let me tell you about my life and where I grew up at I grew up in the south of Topeka Then I moved to the east in the streets And I ain't fucking with neither I ain't the type to go with killer Go and sit on that block I'm the type to get some Bucket Discussions family It's Taj here A.K.A. One Third of Bucket Discussions Podcast Guys, please, please, please do me a favor Thumbs up this video, like it I can't stress this enough This helps us grow our channel And this helps us recommend our videos To people who have no clue who we are Or, or what we're doing over here also, guys, stay tuned and be on the lookout for more content. I'm going to catch y'all later. Peace. Welcome back to the Bucket Discussions podcast. This is the podcast where we're going to be on the stat sheet. We're going to be on the narrative to bring all that real, authentic, fire sports conversation. It's your boy, Taj James, a.k.a. TJ, a.k.a. Lakers fan 221, a.k.a. 1-3rd of the Bucket Discussions podcast. Let me pass it to the guys, man. What's good with it, man? It's your boy Trey, aka the girl's damn sugar, aka Dr. James. And we back at y'all with another episode, man. I'm gonna pass it to the bro. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your boy Jay Cooper, man, aka JHC213, aka Germ Killer13 on PSN. Make sure you go add that, even though I ain't been on the PlayStation in over three years. <laughs> I will add you back someday when I get another one. But hey, man, it is another week, another episode of Bucket Discussions, man. We are excited to get into this. We finally have some good topics to talk about. So we want to bring it to you. Where's that time? We just talked about last week, man. Yeah. Really nothing to talk about. So he's like, all right, bro, we'll just just go ahead and punt to next week. And then it seems like that Monday, it really just started jumping off, man. Topic after topic, uh, stuff that are happening in trade. So we're excited to get on here and chop it up with y'all, man. So. Yeah, sure. The first topic we got today is Taylor Brooks had an interview with Jason Tatum recently, and she said some stuff that kind of, you know, didn't sit well with a lot of people. Yeah, very controversial comment, to say <laughs> the least. Uh, she went out and said, I, now I don't want to sit here and, you know, get on her head too much because you know how the quotes are when, you know, you see a couple, like a sentence or two from an interview, a lot of people go crazy. But from what Taylor Brooks said right here in these comments, it was definitely um, – definitely ridiculous she went ahead and said that she believed that Kyrie is a superstar which that is fairly true but she went also went out and said that Damian Lillard is not a superstar um so yeah I just want to know how do you guys feel about this and what is kind of your guys's criteria for a superstar all right so I want to hop in there and say real quick um you know a lot of people are going to give Taylor Rooks a lot of hell for what she said and like me personally I don't think it's a, a set of gender that knows more about sports than the other. Taylor, mm -hmm. she's, she's very smart. She knows a lot about sports. But there's also, there's males, there's even former basketball players, former football players that make mistakes like this as far as, like, knowing a player or saying something silly like this. So we don't get on our head too much. That's all we're trying to say. Yeah. Well, um, I went back and watched the interview, bro. I couldn't find what her criteria was to say that. So I really don't understand where she was coming from entirely. But I will say – um. A superstar, in my opinion, is somebody that can can lift your team from where they're at. Like, you take them off that team, then your team is really just Swiss cheese. But, like, for example, um, we, you guys talk about franchise quarterbacks all the time in the NFL. 
People are like, oh, this guy, is he a franchise? Like, for example, and I love these guys, but I don't, I don't want no shade towards Dak Prescott, but like a Dak Prescott and a, a Aaron Rodgers. Like, those guys are two in two different uh, stratospheres, in my opinion. But like, I use examples since I'm a Chiefs fan, Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. So we had the same team with Alex Smith, and we were only able to hit a certain ceiling. Second round, probably get eliminated, maybe first round. You put Patrick Mahomes in there, Shoo! Rocket feel straight to the Super Bowl, man. We we hear four AFC Championship games, and we just kind of contenders every year. So I feel like that's the difference between the superstar and just a, a regular. I don't want to say star, but just like a good player. Yeah, I completely agree with you, bro. That was perfectly well said. <laughs> um, mainly just because I do agree with you that to be a superstar, you have to be that that player that can lead your team, no matter who else is on the team. You know what I'm saying? Like LeBron, we've seen him carry some of the shittiest teams. In existence, you know what I'm saying? Like that 2018-19 Cavs team or 2017-2018 Cavs team, that shit was horrendous. And he ended up getting into the playoffs. Uh, they ended up losing in the finals to the Golden State Warriors, the best team of all time. So to me, to be a superstar, you have to be that, that next level player to where it's like no matter who else is on that team, you could have all, all bums on that team and you're leading them to the playoffs minimum, I feel like you you should be considered a superstar, especially if you're doing this year after year. Now, Damian Lillard, he did uh, suffer an injury last year, so he, he obviously couldn't be there for his team. But, yeah. I mean, when we take all of that, we put that to the side, and Damian Lillard is playing, we all know what he's capable of, especially when it comes to leading his team to playoffs or even playoff wins. You know what I'm saying? Like we said, we've we seen what he's done to players like my guy Paul George, you know what I'm saying, or even back in 2014, against the Houston Rockets where he hit, uh, I think it was their first playoff series win in I forgot how many years, but in 2014, Damian Lillard was doing his thing all the way back then. And you guys have to think that's almost a decade ago. So that's that's almost 10 years of great basketball being played. by one of the best players in the league, if not a top three point guard in the league. So to say that he is not a superstar is kind of ridiculous, but uh, we've all said some pretty, you know, dumb shit as basketball analysts or people that just analyze basketball, you know what I'm saying? So it's too, it's kind of hard to just put all the blame on Taylor Brooks. Everyone at the end of the day does have their opinion on what a superstar is. And me personally, I do personally believe a lot of people or a lot more other players are superstars than maybe a lot of other people might think. Like to me, a player like Donovan Mitchell, he's a superstar. He's been in the league five, six years. He's led his team to the playoffs multiple times. And honestly, he's one of the best playoff players in the league right now, for being honest. Like last year was the only exception. You know what I'm saying? Like he kind of played shitty, but all the years before that, he was giving a run for his money. And uh, yeah, man, that's just kind of my, my thoughts on it. Um, and what my, I personally think a superstar is. And I, I'm more lenient. I, honestly, I feel like, Taj, you said earlier, there's like how many superstars in the league? Like eight to 10, you said? To me, bro, I'd say there's probably like 10 to 25, if we're being honest. Like, I personally think there's a lot more. Like, a lot of people don't consider Jason Tatum a superstar. I personally do. You know what I'm saying? So, it kind of just differs uh, from your opinion. But I think it's kind of ridiculous to say that Damian Lillard, who is a top three-point guard, like I said, is not a superstar. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, bro. Um, So, I'll first start off and just address what she said. Um, I definitely don't agree. I definitely think Dam Damian Lillard is a superstar. Um, he's definitely had his um, superstar defining moments where he yeah. sends a whole team, yeah. waves, waves <laughs> off a whole team crazy. with a shot from 500 feet, cash money. Um, <laughs> we've seen Dame overperform, um, play, play to the best of his ability in critical yeah. moments, whether he came up short or won, won 
or did what he needed to do and and, and got the outcome he wanted. Um, I still think he's a super superstar at the end of the day. Um, I just think if Taylor would have put some context behind it, I would have had a little bit more respect. Doesn't mean I think of her differently as an analyst or anything like that. I know a lot of people were will um kind of go into oh she doesn't know sports she doesn't no nah, I don't think that she's around basketball 24-7 at the end of the day she did get hired to do a job about basketball so she knows something about sports she's very exactly. probably more qualified than I am to talk about a lot I'm of things in basketball yeah. yeah so um what makes a superstar for me I think is a person who who excels in 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 all aspects that they can control um, like you talked about Patrick Mahomes in football, he can't control the de- defensive side of, of the game, but offensively he's dealing, he's, he's doing dimes, he's on the run, he's doing no look passes. Um, he's getting the ball to where it needs to be. He's, he's calling out uh, coverages, doing all that kind of stuff. But in basketball, you got both ends of the ball. Um, you may not excel. You may not be the greatest in defense, but you know, what can I do as a, uh, as a team? Cause team defenses, I feel like can be greater than, uh, individual defense. If you're locking up as a team, telling, telling, knowing what the next play is, um, you look at a guy like LeBron, who knows the X's and O's, um, can control the game when he's off the court. Yeah. Um, he can tell you what's going to happen next. He can tell you, okay, you need to be here. He can tell you, okay, they're getting ready to run this play. You look at these guys who can control the game and excel in all aspects of the game, defensively, offensively, um, and ultimately go to bat when it's when it, when it's when the game's on the line, who's the guy you want out there? And if you yeah. tell me you don't want Damian Lillard out there, mm, I, I don't that's know tough. if I, I don't know if I can go with that. But yeah, that's just what kind of makes a, a some a few a few um, qualifications that make you a superstar to me. Um, and I think, in my in my opinion, Dame is definitely a superstar. He's one of those guys. But if if Taylor says Dame's not a superstar, and then she goes and chops off a lot of players and says they're not superstars, and gives me an excellent reason and defends her stance, a that's fine with me. That's is that what she goes with. But that's in my right, opinion, bro. Dame's definitely one of those. He's one of those guys. For sure, bro. And I think it's almost not even debatable. But obviously, like I said, everyone's uh, opinions, you know, differ. So, yeah, we just kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. Um, I think everyone up here obviously thinks Damian Lillard is a superstar. And one thing I'd like to say is making superstar money does not mean you are a superstar. We have players like Rudy Gobert making 200 plus. And he only he's only efficient on one side of the ball. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I just feel like we also have to take into consideration just because you're getting, you know, 100 to fit or 150 mil to 200 mil does not mean you are a superstar player by any means. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's just one thing we have to put out there. But um, yeah, yeah, that's um, a fact. <laughs> yeah, that's just crazy. But um, for the next topic we got up here, man, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Kevin Durant being traded from the Brooklyn Nets just because of all the turmoil that's been going on over there in Brooklyn. But recently this week, we had Kevin Durant take back his trade request. Um, I'm not really too sure why. You know what I'm saying? I, I thought he was pretty thorough with wanting to leave the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I, I kind of have an idea why, but I'm not, you know, 100% sure. So I kind of just want to get your guys' opinion on uh, Kevin Durant taking back his trade request, what you guys possibly think the ceiling is for this team. And also, you guys think this was a good move for Kevin Durant? All right, bro. Uh, a wise man once said, look before you leak, bro. And I don't think KD really thought this out very well, bro. It never oh. made sense. I think you can go back and check the whole podcast, bro. We've been saying this never made any sense. Yeah. Obviously, there was a shock value when it first happened, bro. We was yeah. running around like, hey, we could hop on the pod. But, like, after a while, it just didn't make any sense. Like, KD, for one, why do you want to get traded? I don't think we ever figured that out. And then, two, 
who's going to trade for you and still have a championship team intact. There's really nobody in the league, bro. I mean, he said the Phoenix Suns, the Miami Heat, the Miami Heat can only offer so much. Um, the Phoenix Suns only have, what, two, three players that can throw into the trade. But really the issue the whole time was like, how are we going to, how are the Nets going to get equal value for Kevin Durant? Yeah. And I want to say much respect. I never side with the owners in these type of situations. But much respect to Joe Shy, bro. He, yeah, he, he, he held it up. He held his own. He said, KD, all right, we, we, we'll trade you, bro. But we got to get equal value, knowing that he's never going to get equal value and just kind of holding on to him. For one, KD, he didn't have any leverage. Bro, you just signed a contract for four years. If you feel unhappy in any way, bro, why would you sign a four-year contract? Why don't you sign a, Le- a LeBron specialty one-plus-one deal where you have a player yeah. where you can opt out? So KD's trade request never made sense, man, but – uh, I, I love KD, bro, as a player. I, I even love him as a person, bro. But sometimes he just really drives me crazy because he talked about how everybody's just blaming KD. And it's funny, bro, but, like, it's kind of weird seeing KD, like, react to every single comment, bro. Like, I'll be honored. Just like, he That's what I'm saying, bro. He cares too much. He just cares too much, bro. Yeah, bro, I feel like at some point that can become a detriment to you as a person and just your happiness, bro. Social media is, like, Bro, it, it, it's like a, a black hole, bro. You could really just get lost in it, man, if you really count yeah. it too much. But I feel like you just kind of got to, like, and I'm not saying KD's not a regular person. He can't hop on social media. But, like, even me, bro, I'm not even, I'm nowhere near KD's level, bro. But going through comment sections and arguing with people that you don't know, just, it really just zaps your energy, bro. So I feel like KD just has to do a better job of kind of blocking that out, bro, however he can, or just kind of limiting himself on social media so he's not on there too much. Yeah. I know it's hard not to go back and forth with people, man, but like I said, this trade request never made any sense. And shout out to Pat Bev for calling him out and saying, "Okay, <laughs> no, nah, I understand he has the power to do this, bro. But just ha- just because you have power doesn't mean you have to use it every time. So shout out to Pat Bev for calling him out because there's a lot of guys, bro. I, I didn't even think about how Bev said it, but there's a lot of guys that are waiting on this KD domino to fall so they can sign with the team or, or, you know, make a move, man. So KD, bro, get it together. Yeah, bro. Taking a lot of money out of motherfuckers' pockets, but uh, no, real shit, bro. I, I 100% agree with you, and the main reason for that is because, like you said, bro, there really wasn't a trade that made sense for either team. The Brooklyn Nets, they wouldn't be getting what they want for Kevin Durant back, and the team that Kevin Durant goes to is not going to be as competitive as they were before he got there, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's debatable because it is Kevin Durant, but say he gets traded to the Phoenix Suns, <clears throat> they're giving up Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and potentially another two or three players, something like that, and maybe some picks. You know what I'm saying? And that's two of the best Suns defenders right there. So, you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't really make sense for either side, if you ask me. And honestly, like you said, bro, we definitely do got to give respect to the Brooklyn Nets because they're not trying to go through that uh, that Kevin Garnett trade situation they went through, like, damn near 10 years ago. Those teams know? get bullied, bro. They get bullied in the yeah. trade superstar. Yeah, facts. And also, I am definitely all for player empowerment, but not when it comes to, you know – just like jipping, first of all, an organization, you know what I'm saying? If the organization is doing right by you, I see no reason to, you know, do wrong by them because that's just not right, you feel me? If they're doing everything, we can't sit here in the Nets. We can't sit here and say the Nets didn't do everything Kevin Durant and Kyrie wanted, you know what I'm saying? So for Kevin Durant to go out here and act like the way he did over the past, you know, month, month and a half is just honestly ridiculous, especially as a grown-ass man, a superstar in this league, a top three player, debatable top one. It just it's it's insane, bro. And it just kind of it gives a bad reputation to, you know, I don't know, athletes in general, because it makes them just look like so privileged. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you literally have gotten everything you want from the Brooklyn Nets. You got your best friend here, a couple of them. You got Blake Griffin, 
who he wanted there. James Harden. You got Kyrie there. You even got old-ass DeAndre Jordan there. DeAndre Jordan shouldn't even have a – I'm just being real. He shouldn't be on old damn NBA roster in 2022. Go he got a – yeah, see, and the fact that he had a job because Kevin Durant wanted him on the team. Hey, I'm disrespecting. He used to be a dog, bro. He used to be yeah. a dog. Sure. Bruce, he definitely was. He definitely was. But I mean, you, once you lose your athleticism that you rely on so heavily, it's just it's game over. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with Blake Griffin. But yeah, it's just it's just a total mess. I can I think I know why Kevin Durant took this uh, this trade request back. Obviously, just like you said, because there wasn't really a trade that was suitable uh, for him. So he was just kind of like thinking in the back of his mind, probably like, yeah, my, I'd probably just have the best bet just staying with the Brooklyn Nets, who have Kyrie. They have. You know, they have Ben Simmons still. They just picked up uh, Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren. Like, they have a very, very good competitive team if they stay together. Um, and I feel like Kevin Durant ended up noticing that, but it's just going to be a little awkward if you ask me. You know what I'm saying? After all the turmoil that, that went down over the past just this offseason and then going back to that, you know what I'm saying, with Ben Simmons' cloud hovering around him, Kyrie Irving's cloud, and then you got Kevin Durant. It's just a whole mess. But these guys are really talented, so I bet they could probably figure out – Make a playoff push, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to count them out just because they have to well, the rain. I'm glad you said what you said about um about Kyrie Irving, because that's another piece that's really both frustrates me so much because it's like Kyrie Irving always has like some type of mood that animosity. Yeah, it's just it doesn't make any sense, bro. Like some type of grudge. For one, bro, my dad thinks I don't like Kyrie Irving because he left LeBron, bro. I could give a damn about that shit, bro. Because LeBron still he's still flourishing right now, bro. So I could care less, but I don't like people that try to act like they like a thousand times smarter than you, bro. It's like, you're not really even saying shit, bro. Like this man came out and was like, if you guys are ready to get out of the gaze of the media, come listen to my podcast. I'm like, Kyrie, you're not saying shit. That's like that much smarter than anybody else, bro. Bro, I like- Hey, bro, it seems like you hating a little bit, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. I'll be acting like he's out, bro. <laughs> hate like him up. It really just frustrates me, bro. But let's get back to the, to the topic. <laughs> hey, he just trying to market his pod, bro. Man, <laughs> Kyrie Irving is another, like, he's another piece of this puzzle, bro. Like, I feel like as soon as the Nets can get up from out from under, both them guys, they're going to do it, bro. But I think this doesn't make any sense to me, bro, because why would you want to get traded now when you guys have a full offseason to get prepared for next season? Because, bro, if we're being honest, the Brooklyn Nets kind of do have excuses on why they didn't succeed these past two years. The first year, KD and Kyrie got there. KD was hurt. We'll chalk that up. The second year, um, Kyrie Irving got hurt. James Harden was hurt. Cool. We seen KD go stupid. Third year, you traded for Ben Simmons. James Harden wanted to get traded misses. You traded for Ben Simmons. He didn't play. You guys got sweat. It is what it is. Why would you guys not try to get back together as a team and build continuity? Because that was kind of their issue, chemistry and continuity, right? So why would we not get them all back together and really just get in the lab, get in the gym? We've been seeing people working out together. So why don't y'all all, mm -hmm. all you guys get together, work out, get ready for next season? I mean, Steve Nash is Steve Nash. I don't really think he's that big of a deal as a head coach, bro, because you do have the best players in the league, some of the best players in the league. So why don't you guys not get back together and really just try to make a push, bro? Because you guys do have some valid excuses for why you guys didn't win a chip or even make it. So I feel like KD, bro, like lock in, bro. This trade request doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm going to just go ahead, throw my two cents in really quick. I feel like y'all touched on a lot, but I just want to talk about this, like, player empowerment aspect and feeling like um y'all I know y'all heard many times in y'all life of too much of anything good is a bad thing and I feel like when anybody gets too much power um they got they kind of it kind of it's a bad thing I felt like in this situation it was a bad thing for Katie to say oh I want to go here no I want to go here and you see all these players like 
jumping ship every two seconds, every time something doesn't doesn't go their way or something doesn't look the correct way or someone says something funny to them. Um, I don't think, I mean, I'm, I'm for the player empowerment, but I think there should be to an extent to where you can't just like, oh, I don't want to play for this team. I'm going to hold out all these games. Or I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Um, so I think the trade request in itself was very foolish, but I think, like you 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 said, um, they played their cards right. KD, you're not you're not getting ready to go nowhere. If you want to go somewhere, I need the whole team, and you can go play by yourself, basically. So, yeah. I just think the trade request was goofy. I think someone may have got in his ear and said, "KD, what are you doing?" Um, so I'm glad he kind of took it back, and hopefully they him and Kyrie can get to a everybody in that organization can get to a common consensus and just settle down and play the game of basketball, which you which is your the ultimate goal in, the, in your job here is to, to play basketball. That's We're not asking for too much more. Um, we're not asking for you to go on Twitter and tweet um, unless you're getting paid for it. I mean, if you're paying anybody to write a post, it's fine. But you may have to just go do listen to the media, go to the press conference, and that's about it. Just do your job. You know what I'm saying? We're not asking you to do no extra ass shit. I'm low-key over it. I ain't going to lie. Thank you, we'll work on that to be honest the whole organization yeah bro it's just a, whole, it's just a drama fest over there you know what i'm saying but uh, i mean it's yeah it's ridiculous bro there really isn't even much more to say about the topic just because i mean we just got to see what happens you know what i'm saying with this team Kyrie irving just came back signed an extension ben simmons hopefully hopefully will play this season i'm put like that's a lot of a lot to ask, but him in the gym, man. But hey, Ben Simmons, think you finna get that bread back? Yeah, <laughs> Hell no. I think he did though, didn't he? He might, no. bro. It wouldn't he surprise me. Twenty mil back? No, nah, he don't need yeah, no think... fucking bread back. <laughs> I think play. he did get something back, but I don't remember how much, bro. That's Hell shit. Yeah, that shit is... yeah, bro, it, it's not right. I think the player empowerment has just gone downhill over the past year. You've yeah. seen players just do whatever the fuck power. they want. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, it's power just... corrupts absolutely. Got to be. A, you got to got to be some type of balance between like. Sometime, the league bro. doesn't get ran over and the, and the basketball doesn't become bad basketball because everybody's yeah, nobody politics. wants to play and yeah super politicky and then the league can't can have total control over the player you know what i'm saying bro, yeah, I, like, sure. I like the uh i like the brooklyn nets next season bro as a contender if yeah. they can really like lock in and focus on on the task at hand bro they got a squad over there man but they definitely do, bro. they're definitely always a contender a contender but i can't say i like them <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You yeah. know what? Personalities, bro. Who knows what's going to yeah. go, go down over yeah. there? Thanks, man. But um, for this next topic, we got, man, we are kind of still on a summer note, man. Chet yeah. Mahomes. Or Chet Holmgren. I said Chet Mahomes. <laughs> Chet Holmgren. So we got done talking about Pat, or Patrick Mahomes. I'm over here tweaking, but no. Nah, Chet Mahomes. <laughs> that sounds like a low-key could be an NBA player. I ain't going to lie. But, okay, Chet Holmgren. We got Chet Hunger, man, one of the, the second overall pick in this year's draft, man, unfortunately had a very, very unfortunate foot injury in a pro-am game. And I just want to know your guys' thoughts on this because we were really excited for the Oklahoma City Thunder season coming up. And this is just, it's very, it's just sad, bro. Like, I don't really even know what else to say about it. This fucking sucks because second overall pick, highly anticipated everyone in the world the basketball world was watching just wanting to see what he will bring to the table and unfortunately we have to wait a whole other season but I will say there is some notable players that have gotten hurt the rookie year and have came back the next year and won rookie of the year Ben Simmons Blake Griffin one of the best of all time Ben Simmons ain't deserved that yeah no I I don't know I think he played pretty well but 
I mean, it's debatable, bro. Blake Griffin won it, so I can't talk shit because that's my guy. You feel me? But I just want to know your guys' thoughts on this injury, what you guys think Chet Holmgren should, you know, progressively work towards over this next uh, season of rehab. Like, do you guys think he should try to put on some extra weight over the next year? Do you guys think he should just try to focus on this game? Uh, how you guys feeling, man? Cool, bro. I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even know Blake Griffin is his rookie season. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, bro. That shit sucked. He broke his kneecap, bro. That shit was terrible. Yeah. Literally broke that shit down the down the middle. <laughs> but hey, bro, this really just shows that there's still like it's not like all bad. Like people feel, oh damn, he's done. Like he getting hurt. Like nah, bro, he's yeah. straight. Like he just gonna have to get back this season. Uh, rehab. Unfortunately, this happened right before the season, so he didn't have much time to really. That window of getting back for this season is, is very slim, bro. But hey, I feel like there's still hope. And Cooper, I'm glad you said that as far as him, what she worked on. Because I feel like that just gives him more, more fuel and just more motivation of like, man, when I get back, bro, I'm gonna go crazy. Like I'm putting up yeah. crazy numbers. Cause I'm excited for him, bro. As as unfortunate as this injury was, bro, and him getting hurt right before we wanted to see him, man. We had plans. We still had plans, but we had plans of seeing Chet Holmgren personally. Yeah. So this sucks, bro, because like we seen him play in college, seen him play in high school, bro. He has a weird a weird body type, bro. So I wanted to see what he looked like in the NBA, how he matched up with like, and we got to see him play against LeBron, but like players like LeBron, yeah. players like, they're just strong muscle, like players yeah. that have muscle, bro. Like, how is he gonna hold up? And as we know, bro, I've been watching Chet. I'm not gonna say I was like his biggest fan, but I was watching him in, in high school and watching him in mm -hmm. college, bro. And I can tell he's really a hooper, bro. Cause you can tell he wanted to be out there playing in the programs, bro, just whenever he could play. He really just wanted to be hooping, bro. So I think Chet Holmgren, he has a still has a bright future, bro. Obviously, I wanted to see him play with LKC this year, bro. But I think if he really works on, I don't want to say he should get like hella muscular, bro. Cause I feel like a lot of people just think putting muscle on is the, the only option. I think what happened to him was a freak injury, bro. And I think if he could kind of work on obviously just staying in shape, bro. The foot is a tough injury, bro, because you can't move around as well as you once once could, bro. That sucks. Um but I think, bro, you can, there's still ways to get around, like, that injury, bro. You can still get in the gym, kind of, you know, chair shooting. We even seen R.P. Cole, one of the greatest, bro. He was hurt. He had hand injuries. He still yeah. him shooting with, with the other hand, bro. So, if I know Chet as well as I think I know him, bro, he's he's going to find a way to always get better, bro. So, I'm I'm excited, bro. And then we have all these different different people we can look at that missed the rookie season, bro. So, he's still going to be around the game, bro. He's still going to be learning and getting better as far as X's and O's. His body's going to get stronger, so. Honestly, bro, this may be a blessing in disguise as hard as that is to, to think yeah. about right now, bro. Yeah. Hey, man, that's perfect. I'm glad you said that was a blessing in disguise because I was talking to a couple Oklahoma fans, and I was I was telling them the same thing. I'm like, bro, this could low-key be beneficial towards him. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people were criticizing his body not really being NBA ready yet, and I feel like another year of him just kind of rehabbing, just putting on muscle, getting his body right in general, I feel like that would help him a lot, just getting his body NBA ready. You know what I'm saying? Because – like you said, bro, we saw him in a, in a pro-am game. Imagine a full-on NBA intensity game, bro. Like, I don't – I hope he can deal with it, which I'm pretty confident he can because uh, we all know he's talented, but it's just kind of the questions about his his body and his, his stability, you know what I'm saying? But um, Man, bro, let me ask you this, too. Do y'all think people's concerns are valid, bro? Because when I watch Chet personally, it's kind of like, ugh, you, like, grimacing a little bit because, like, his body is just so weird, bro. He's so long yeah. and lanky. And I feel like that LeBron injury, bro, like, I feel like it was a freak injury, bro, but just the way his body set up, bro, I don't think he knows how to fully control his whole seven foot, I think seven foot seven frame, frame bro. Yeah. That's a, yeah. I think 
I think the concerns are valid. What do y'all think? Yeah, I definitely think they're, uh, they're valid, bro. They're definitely warranted just because, I mean, like you said, bro, he only weighs like 180 to 190 pounds and he's seven foot. Like, yeah. you got to let that sink in, bro. That's kind of crazy. Like, I'm six I foot I weigh more one. than, bro. That's what I'm saying, bro. I'm, I'm like six foot one and I weigh like 10 pounds less than him, 20. Like, it's crazy, bro. So, I definitely would like to see Chet, um, you know, put on some extra weight, bro. Just whether, regardless if it's muscle, obviously we don't want him to get out of shape and fat or whatever, but... You know what I'm saying? If he could put on a little extra meat, bro, I feel like at least a 10 to 15, 20, maybe even 30 pounds, I feel like that would help tremendously, bro, because he is going to get banged, banged around a lot, especially since OKC is already kind of a skinny team. Like, you got Poku on the team. Like, that team, like, they're definitely not that that uh, durable, you know what I'm saying? Even Shea, Josh Giddy, like, that team is very, very fragile, if we're being honest. Uh, so, we kind of have to take that into consideration. And, yeah, bro, I definitely – Feel like Chet come back next year, uh, get after getting his body a little bit more NBA ready, and I feel like he he could still flourish. You know what I'm saying? As a second overall pick. Yeah, but all is not lost. Yeah, yeah. bro. I think um very unfortunate, but I agree with you. I, I just think this was a kind of a freak accident outside the normal realm. We see players with coming with questionable builds. You can take Kevin Durant for example. You see how he, he's excelled and he's one of the top players, or if not the top player in the league. Um, a lot of people come with these concerns like, oh, will they be this? Will they be that? Um, you just have, honestly have to wait and see. But I think there are there are a lot of players who are living proof as to why um, players like Chet can make it in the league. And I think, like you said, he has a great work ethic, a great mindset towards the game. So I think he'll I think he'll bounce back nonetheless. Um, hopefully he get with Bron Bron, man. Bron Bron, your boy Bron Bron injured, bro. So hopefully he give him. Give him that one hundred, that one meal to get his body right, bro. I bet, I bet LeBron said something to him after. I bet he was yeah, like, bet, you know, telling him. Yeah, he's probably one tips. of those guys. Yeah, LeBron yeah. is a real stand-up guy. He probably said, "Hey, he, take a meal, go get your body right." You know what I'm Thanks. saying? Yeah, yeah, LeBron, bro. That's yeah, bro. LeBron is definitely one of the most respectable. As much hate as he gets, bro, he's always there for the young guys. So, guy. yeah, facts. He always gotta, he always gotta show love to that. But one more thing I like to say, bro, is Taj. We were talking about in the group chat the other day, bro. We were saying like. Do you think Chet could possibly have like a longevity type of career, or do you think his career could possibly be like a, a Yao Ming where it's like a 10, 11 years, but it's still a pretty dominant, dominant career? You know what I'm saying? I want to know your guys' thoughts about that. Hey, cool, bro. I'm glad you brought that up. I was just thinking that in the back of my head, bro. Like, yeah, bro. I forgot about that. I was like, oh, shit. Jimmy Highroller, bro. Shout out to him, one of the biggest basketball YouTubers on YouTube. He, he made a video, bro, as far as like players that have frames like Chet and just over seven foot. Players over seven foot, bro. Um, I forgot what the exact like stats he was putting up, but like players over seven foot, they have a lot of injuries, bro. As far as like lower body is a tough injury to have when you over seven foot, bro. But if you think about it, bro, as much as we love Yao Ming and you think back on it, bro, he he was injured a lot, bro. He didn't have a long career. Um yeah. KD might be the the only exception, and KD's injured a lot too, as much yeah, as people yeah. might realize it, bro. He does have a lot of uh, major injuries, bro. But mm-hmm. It's, it's tough, bro, because when the check got injured, I thought about the guy next year that's coming in, Victor Wimbenyama, bro, and I'm like, yeah. Jet's seven foot, and, bro, I have a hard time watching him sometimes because the way his body is just moving, bro. He's super lanky, super long. Victor Wimbenyama's seven four, bro, and he's playing like a guard. He's not playing like no Rudy bro. He's playing like a guard, bro. He's a tough player. Yeah, he's just bro. asking for trouble. I'm like – and I don't want to – I don't want to, like, I got these guys don't know how to play basketball, bro, because they've been hooping, like, professionally, stuff like that. Especially over a friend, but like, how long is bro going to be able to to hoop in the league without getting hurt? 
like I'm, I'm kind of like concerned for these guys, bro, that have these these weird type of builds, bro. But um, Chet, I think Chet will be fine, bro, because he's like he's right at seven foot. But like, yeah, bro, I don't know. I think he might have to get like you guys joked about him getting with LeBron. He might have to get with a guy like Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant, as much as people like to make fun of him, bro, Kevin Durant is strong as hell. He might not be like yeah, he definitely is. But he's strong, so he might. Bro, have he literally weighs the same as Giannis, and they, yeah. they just have two completely different builds. Like literally yeah. weighs the same weight. So, yeah, bro, that's facts. Or he so, could, he could actually. No, I don't know. Giannis is too big, bro. Giannis is like I don't think he. I don't think Chet trying to get him, bro. Bro, that motherfucker is huge, bro. Like Giannis. Yeah, no, it's way but, different. Y'all remember that picture right a couple years ago where he had the dumbbells? I'm like, he damn, too, bro. But he came from the stream being too, though. So yeah, he I'm, definitely I'm, did. He definitely did, bro. That's a great point. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's just making like honest, but him and Chet play a totally different game. So I don't definitely, think Chet's trying to definitely. play like that because Chet's more, uh, more refined basketball player. Thanks. I don't want to get into this this discussion because a lot of people be trying to slight Giannis. Giannis is a dog, bro, but Giannis you is – No, he's more of a run-to-the-room type of player. And, I mean, that's just facts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not, you know, as like – I don't even – like, it's just not as, you know, I don't even know, agile. You know what I'm saying? Chet, he's more agile than uh, – than Giannis, I'd say, but Giannis is still talented. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, I kind of definitely agree with you, bro. I hope I'm I wrong. Agree. I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, I'll... no, I feel you. It's just it's tough to say, bro. It's tough to say because even in just real life, take basketball out of it, seven footers, they tend not to live as long as regular people. You know what I'm saying? People that are like below six, 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 seven, some shit like that. You know what I'm I saying? Ain't about that. Yeah, bro. It's just because I don't know what it is. I was watching, you know, some type of video on uh, YouTube the other day where it was kind of like this, this um, physical therapist. He was basically answering a bunch of questions from the internet. And he was someone asked about why do seven footers have a hard time living longer than uh, just people that are shorter? And they just I don't know what it is. It's just their body tends to you know uh, wear and tear a lot faster just throughout life, and also that they don't have the, there's something in your brain that can determine balance. And seven footers are just tall people in general. They, over time, once their brain and once they get older, like their brain has trouble, you know, defining balance. So they they tend to just, you know, lose balance a lot of the times. So it, it definitely is hard being a seven foot or even like six ten plus human. You know what I'm saying? So we have to take that into consideration as well, man. Not just at basketball, everything aside. Like just being a seven footer in real life, bro. That shit would be hard. You know what I'm saying? Are just like driving. Like, yeah, you sticking out like a sore thumb, bro. Yeah, like a sword throw, bro. Like, imagine getting shot at, bro. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Imagine getting shot at, bro. you like the biggest target, bro. That would be some shit. Oh, God. Biggest <laughs> no, real shit. No, real shit, bro. But that, no, that shit. Point, that is, bro. But I, I just, I really hope Check can come back stronger. You know what I'm saying? Like, physically, mentally, all of that, bro. Because he was the second overall pick. All three of us up here were so damn excited to see what he could bring to the table for this Oklahoma City Thunder team. And now that he's out with the fucking foot injury the rest of the year. It's really unfortunate, but like we said at the beginning, man, this could possibly be a blessing in disguise, man. He could put on some more weight, get his body more NBA ready, and come back stronger. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, man, I'm excited for uh, Chet's Chet's comeback. Do you guys have any anything else to say about this? I think we got it pretty much covered, bro. I yeah. think I wish, bro, a speedy recovery, definitely, yeah, bro. Sure. Um, I think he has a, a high ceiling, lots of potential, bro. So I'm thanks. I'm excited to see when he comes back how how he kind of changed the game and how he can hopefully impact um, the OKC Thunder's future. Yeah, bro. Cool, However, man. I got a kind of a funny question. Yeah, so we just talked about height. Mm -hmm. So we all are about six foot on this podcast. Mm -hmm. 
if you guys could be like, if you could, if this is like a 2K creative player, bro, you could create uh-huh. your own height, bro. What would your height be? Just as far as basketball in real life. Six, six. Six, that's the perfect height, I'm like, that's bro. perfect, bro. Because you're right in the middle, bro. You got the speed. You got the length. You got the, bro, you literally, that's just the perfect build to me, bro. Six, six. That's like what DeJounte Murray is, I think. And I feel like that's just the perfect build, bro. Yeah. That's perfect height, like, bro. Between like that six, four, six, six range, bro. I feel like any yeah. bigger than that, bro, you're going to be like, because obviously you're going to be bigger than everybody, bro. At six foot, you're kind of bigger than like the normal average human, yeah. being, bro. But like you seven foot, bro, I feel like that's kind of like, it might be a little uncomfortable, bro, just trying to do regular stuff. Yeah. Like Shaq, bro, he got to get a big-ass car. You got to have a big-ass yeah. car. Like, That's what I'm saying, bro. Big-ass bed, bro. Like, wow, bro, that was shit would suck. Even right now, six foot, bro, just, like, certain things is kind of uncomfortable. It's like, damn, bro, my, my knees is, like, in the back of the yeah. air, stuff like that. But, like, yeah. Hey, bro, <laughs> speaking of that, bro, growing up, I always used to want to be, like, my dream height was six four, bro. That was my dream height always growing up. But I wanted you to be there, aren't you? You, like, six three, right? Six two. It's about six two. Oh, I keep bro. I keep bro. You seem a lot taller than you look. I ain't gonna lie, bro. Yeah, bro, every time I, I get around y'all, bro, every time I get, I get like around y'all, it's like being in New York. <laughs> it's like being in New York next to them tall ass building. I'm like, fuck, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Shit bro. crazy. But like y'all was talking about Shaq and shit, bro. I was looking like uh, uh last last week I was in this at JC Penney's and Shaq got like mm-hmm. a suit section suit section and it had like the suit size he wears, and I was like, damn, let me try this on. That hoe is big ass blankets. And big ass blankets, bro. Yeah, bro. Using like, bitches as bonds. <laughs> this is a stack suit size, but I was trying to see how it fit, bro. That's a yeah. that's a big dude. So I know doing a lot around seven foot. But honestly, if I could be seven foot, mm, I'll probably be like around bronze height. If that's the probably the max height yeah. I would like to be. He's like six seven, six eight. Six, yeah. yeah, somewhere around there. That's a good. Yeah, that's. A but I, I like the around six four to six six range. But I would anything be taller than six ten would be kind of just. That's almost seven. Yeah, bro. That's like Blake Griffin height, bro. But I mean, fuck, bro. That should be crazy. <laughs> that shit would be crazy. But if I could be a seven footer just for a basketball game, I definitely would, bro. I'd be <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> I was never the biggest guy growing up, bro. So I would I would want to know it's like to just be able to just throw people shots, bro. Accidentally mobs, like accidentally on God. <laughs> I think that would be that would be pretty dope. But just like living as a seven footer, bro, I don't know if I want to do that. But that's kind of like I don't want to say my six hundred pound life, bro, but it's kind of just like a, a uncomfort that you feel just and we we got to talk to a seven footer, bro. If we can give like somebody that's that tall on here, bro, and just kind of see what it's hey, like, bro. But like, yeah, yeah, but I don't know. That would just be kind of uncomfortable, bro. So definitely, you know, driving in the whip, bro. You go back with me on ten and shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> you don't have to be in the back seat. <laughs> hey, bro, I just name about that, like, bro. Even getting in the shower, getting in the shower is here, bro. I just seem like a giant in, in a college dorm, bro. You slide in the shower at seven foot. Hey, I'm not me. even sure you getting washed for <laughs> you're not, bro. You're gonna have to go yeah, on the lake like or something. <laughs> yeah, oh, bro. God, you have to kind of create everything for like for your size, bro. Clothes, shoes. And, I mean, you can go to Ross and get some shoes, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, bro. Oh, God, them big ass It's a lot of wrong. Oh god, they got them bitches for 40 bucks. All right, guys. So the injury happened in a pro and game, unfortunately. The crossover league ran by Jamal Crawford. Mm-hmm. You might think this is gonna stop players in the future from participate in events like this no no i mean yes yes let me let me say that yes absolutely yes um i think it'll affect players i'm gonna give a real quick answer i think it'll affect players definitely um like how we seen team usa uh, a lot of players are after that freak injury um pg had i think a lot of players are like nah i'm cool off that 
I don't want to jeopardize the NBA season for this. Um, so I think it will definitely have an impact on players and even teams saying, I don't know if I want you playing in that. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe put it in contracts and things like that. Like I don't want you playing in these program games, but it is dope to see these players play and kind of show their love for the game and playing basketball outside of the NBA, man. Um, yeah, we just got done talking about this, like I want to say two weeks ago, we were talking about uh, our thoughts on NBA players coming out and playing more pro-am games. And we all love the idea of it. You know what I'm saying? We were all, you know, very high on it. But now, after the second overall pick, Chet Holmgren goes down with a foot injury for the whole year. It kind of, it definitely doesn't look great. You know what I'm saying? Um, I definitely, I don't think it's going to stop NBA players from playing in pro-am games just because, like you said a little bit ago, Taj, this was a freak accident. Uh, the main reason this injury happened was because the floor was simply slippery <laughs> from all the condensation and shit from so many people being in the gym at once. I just kind of feel like this is kind of like a, a you know, not that likely of a uh, scenario. So I kind of feel like maybe um, I feel like they'll probably play still continuously, maybe next year and shit like that. But I think for this year, I, I'm pretty sure they're done. Uh, I don't think they're going to run it back anytime like that. Uh, just because, like you said, bro, this injury definitely kind of scares a lot of these players. Probably they're probably like, nah, I, ain't, I ain't even trying to get involved in that, especially if a gym's getting packed out and you have all these people breathing in there, causing all this, you know, the slipperiness on the floor and shit. Like, yeah. it's just not worth it. And at the end of the day, we can sit here and talk about the basketball aspect, but at the end of the day, these guys do have money on the line. Like, these guys have million-dollar contracts. They got a business. Their family. Yeah, facts, bro. It is a business. So, um, if I was an NBA team, I make sure that when I sign a player, I put it in their contract that I don't really want you playing, nothing like that. But as a fan side of things, hey, man, I, I love it. I love when you guys play. Just make sure it's in a safe, uh, you know, family-friendly condition. You know what I'm saying? I don't want no players having a risk of injury just because the floor is slippery and stuff like that. If that's the case, then I definitely don't think uh, they should be playing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. But, uh, and, and let me add to that point that you made about, like, just the arena being packed. i definitely seen a few um, – people talk to their experiences of going and trying to get into the game and how packed it was and almost how um, violent it kind of was to get into those, those games. Um, just like you look at the NBA, the NBA has um, toxic, they have security, they have measures they take to make sure the facilities can, they got, they sell tickets. So they're, they're not going to be at capacity. If they are at capacity, they're going to make sure everything's running smooth. The floor is clean. Players aren't slipping. I just think, you don't have that kind of control or even that, that what is it? I guess standard that you know, things aren't kept up to standard when you're playing in like a rec center or things like that. Um, I think in the video person was talking about how kids were getting trampled. They were waiting outside for days and they said they were just throwing kids and people started to get a little violent, basically saying, if you, I don't give a fuck how long you've been standing here. If you've been kind of here, funny, bro, like, like buddy ass was camping out the whole the day before, yeah. but this this people didn't even get in. It's, that's what I'm saying, bro. If you have people going to the extreme measures just to get into the gym, then maybe just maybe you guys probably should not, you know, go on with the game. That's just my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like there was even a clip on Instagram of a fan uh, running up on LeBron on the court. I don't know if you guys seen it. I don't know what LeBron was doing, but like after that dude ran up on him, 10 fucking people were like charging at that dude. <laughs> so it's kind of like, bro, you need to chill the fuck out. Your ass gonna yeah, really bro. get fucked up. Yeah, bro. Up player, like, he was LeBron. in the layup line. I seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, ran the out there line. and hey, they was, I was, they was about to get Everybody rid of him. Nah. 
that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, if shit like that's happening, like, if it's more organized and shit like that, then I'd be cool with it. But, like, like Todd said, bro, fucking that many people in there causing all the contests. I've never even heard of some shit like that. I've never heard of that either. That's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't know that that could even happen. Like, if that many people were in a gym that compact, I didn't even know, like, it could cause the floor to, you know, make it slippery and shit. So, yeah, bro, I just, I hope they're a lot safer in the future. Just, like maybe have a fucking limit, you know what I'm saying? So how many people should go in there? Because there's no reason that bitch should be packed to the brim and sunk where you got fucking three people stacked on each other in the bleachers. Like, that's just uncalled for. Hey, that is kind of nuts, though, that that phenomenon has happened. Because even growing up, we've been to pack HP games when HP yeah. was HP. And it was hot as hell in there. Everybody's in there trying to see um the hood yeah, heroes loop, man. We all in there packed in there saying. just trying to get a glimpse. And imagine for fucking NBA players in a little high school like yeah, facility, bro. bro. That shit is fucking going bonkers bro that shit gonna bonkers <laughs> yeah bro that i don't know what, i don't know what school it is but i don't know if it was like a college gym or a high school yeah. gym bro like and i know a lot of people are blaming jamal crawford i can see why because it's yeah. like his league of, um, on it, bro. i feel like it has to be more like uh a more uh like organized or yeah organized event bro we gotta safe too. Bro. Yeah. yeah we gotta have we gotta make sure they said there's no ac in there bro like we all been at the gyms, bro. I'm going to just throw Burke out there, for example, bro. We know what it's like to play on a slick-ass court. Hey, I'm going to call Burke out right now, too, bro. Burke is ridiculous because it's slick as hell. It's terrible. And then they got, they, got, uh, they got rain. I don't know if it's rain or like a leak dropping for the ceiling. They're trying to throw buckets and towels in there, bro. But it just, just keeps leaking all day, leaking all day. So there's West They got antifreeze dropping out the ceiling. <laughs> on, both sides, on both sides of the court. And then it's not even that big, for one. And then we have a big-ass staircase. Right, right yeah, on the court. You were asking for an injury. You was in there, bro. That's, that's <laughs> insane, bro. So, as an NBA player, bro, I think you got to obviously protect your bottom line. But, like, a player – I guess players are already made their money or not too worried about that, bro. But, like, I feel like if you think the court's, like, it's unsafe, the conditions the player are unsafe because there's already a risk just going out there and playing in general. But yeah. I feel like you, you times that risk by a 1,000 when you just – it's, it's crazy like that, but like I never heard of nothing like that. I agree with y'all, but like being in a car, if you think about it, during the winter yeah. time, everybody's in the car talking, then the windows yeah. get all fogged up and stuff like that. So I can imagine. I, I know you guys seen the highlights, bro. The gym was like the bleachers was packed, but then like onto the floor was packed, bro. It looked like he was at Rutgers, bro. That's How second it was also. Actually. Yeah, that's you gotta think about it, bro. A car, a car is a lot smaller spot, you know what I'm saying? With like poor people in there. Imagine a whole fucking gym like that isn't saying that it got that packed to the point where there was literally condensation and shit on the floor you know what i'm saying this is crazy it's funny though that folks was camped out like 24 48 hours yeah that's wild bro i got there and then folks folks was pulling up right when they opened up we're like hey we don't give a damn about none of that y'all talking about bro straight i'd be mad as hell if i camped out for hell no but no they they haven't kind of lit out there but i seen they had like a like people that were camped out overnight had basketball a basketball going as hooping that was pretty dope man but it is yeah, bro, I just think it was a double event for the NBA community. Unfortunately, we lost the, the number two pick for the season, man. But mm. I don't think this is going to stop players from playing, bro. Like I said a few weeks ago, if it's in your heart to go out there and put on a show for the fans, bro, a free show, because we all know that was free, so folks was walling. A free show for the fans, bro, it's just in your heart. You're going to go out there and hoop. But if you have any type of reservations about I might get hurt, I feel like you should just stay home and not even go out there. Because if you think about getting hurt, bro, it's more likely you will get hurt. For sure. But hey, let's get this, let's get this jump ball jumping, man. Let's tricks. You are crazy.
get to it. We got another jump ball segment coming back at y'all. Y'all see the whistles back. You know what I'm saying? Y'all see the whistles back, man. We back at y'all with another jump ball segment. Let's first of all start off with this question, man. Um, I'll let Coop break it down for y'all because he came with a phenomenal question this week for us, man. So talk to us, man. Let's do it, man. So obviously, we just got done talking about, you know, superstar criteria in the league, man. And, you know, one thing under those superstars is a lot of players that are still developing, you know what I'm saying? We still have players getting better year in and year out. So I want to ask you guys, man, and I want to just know, who do you guys think that didn't average 20 points last year could possibly average 20-plus points this upcoming season in the 2022-2023 NBA season, man? What players do you guys think is going to take that next level, that next step to become a superstar, an all-star, a 20-point-per-game 20 score? You never know, bro. Like, we just – we don't know, man. There's so much talent in the league. So, I just want to know your guys' top three players that could possibly average 20-plus points this upcoming season. So, the way we're going to do this to kind of explain it, we all have three players. We're going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Sure. I'm going to start it off with Tyrese Maxey. I feel like I still Tyrese want to Maxey, great great. I feel like yeah. everybody on the – everybody in Philly, um, even James Harden, everybody knows how good this guy is. I can see him just taking that next step. I believe he was at like 17 or 18 points a game last year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's, it's only right. He just goes ahead and hits that 20 point per game mark. Excellent. I 100% agree with you, bro. That is a great choice, man. Um, Tyrese Maxey. Uh, and honestly, we could just sit here and talk about some of the players that we're choosing. You know what I'm saying? Just give our thoughts and opinions. I definitely love that pick. Tyrese Maxey, I think even with James Harden getting in shape, and I definitely do think James Harden is going to be back to where he was maybe a couple years ago, if not very close. I still do believe in Tyrese Maxey. Like, I definitely think, regardless of Joel Embiid getting his and James Harden getting his, I think Tyrese Maxey is going to still uh, fit in and get his in, too. You know what I'm saying? That 20, that 20 point per game. So, I definitely like that big, bro. Um, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a come back with something a little different, man. I've been kind of, even though there's been a damper put on there this season, mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of excited to see Josh Giddy, man. Um, mm-hmm. I think he'll be one of those guys. I've been kind of watching these guys, man. I'm kind of getting excited watching their game, watching their highlights. I, I don't know who sent it in the GT, but Josh mm-hmm. Giddy was grilling some folks mm-hmm. in a in a in a in a. I think I don't know where it was at, but it was in a, a random court at a wreck or something. He was grilling them. Um, that's one player I'm excited to see who. Yeah. I think he'll be a guy to possibly potentially average 20 points. I feel like he yeah, he's at the stage. He's oh yeah. He's got some experience under his belt. He has the tools to be honest. Um. I think there's a guy to keep watch for. Thanks, bro. And especially with Chet being out this first year, I definitely yeah. think Josh Giddy's going to take that extra step. He was already one of the best playmaking rookies last year, if not the best playmaking rookie. So I think he's probably going to add that next step to his game as well and possibly become a 20-point-per-game scorer alongside Shea. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I definitely do love that pick. But I got to say my number one pick on who I personally believe will average 20 points uh, per game this season is going to be Keldon Johnson on the San Antonio Spurs. The reason for that is because they have lost a decent amount of pieces on their team over the past two to three years. Lost DeMar DeRozan to the Bulls uh, two seasons ago. They just lost Lonnie Walker to the Lakers. The Jonte Murray's off the team. So I feel like someone has to take that that step and be the uh, the primary scorer on the team. And I feel like that's going to be Keldon Johnson, man. Keldon Johnson averaging, he was averaging 17 points, two assists, five rebounds last season. He was shooting uh, 39 or about 40% from three, which I definitely see that increasing just because, like I said, bro, Kelvin Johnson, there's really no one else on the team besides a young player like Josh Primo. You got like Doug McDermott, shit like that. But I definitely do see Kelvin Johnson taking that next step into becoming a 20-point-per-game scorer and possibly maybe even 
you know, raising his value a little bit to possibly being traded to a contending team or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to rock out with Keldon Johnson. My number two spot, I'm going to go ahead and, and shout out one of the guys that I really didn't like at first. Him and LeBron was going back and forth a lot this past season, man. But I grew mm. to have some respect for him throughout these playoffs. Desmond Bain, man. I feel Desmond like Bain, damn. Like I, I feel like he's going to be out of average 20 points per game. Yeah. Oh, we obviously yeah. – He's strong as hell. He's like a football player, but his release oh, is so crazy, bro. He's a he's a great shooter, man. And I feel like he's getting more confident playing alongside John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. And just that whole that whole uh team, bro, their environment, bro, they just real aggressive. They're not scared of nobody, bro. So I just see Desmond Bain taking that next step, man, averaging that 20 points per game next season. Hey, I like that pick, bro. Desmond Bain is definitely up there. I mean, just like you said, bro, he definitely increased his past season. Imagine what he's gonna do this upcoming season. And another thing to uh, think about when it comes to his scoring is Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be out for probably the first six months of the season. So they are definitely going to need Desmond Mang to step up. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely do like that pick, bro. Um, So this is one guy. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there because even though 2020, he mm -hmm. averaged 20 points a game, just slightly above 20 point, 21 points a game. Um, I still want to throw him on this list because mm – -hmm throughout the playoffs, I was kind of like, damn, like just watching their team kind of struggle and mm -hmm. just seeing like, as soon as you get back into that lineup, that's the missing piece they need. I think you average a lot more than 20 points a game, but Jamal Murray is one of those guys I'm expecting to come out and see who, I know he played, he, he didn't play that many games in 2020. Um, yeah. So th that numbers could have potentially dropped, but he's one of those guys that I think will be uh, kind of a breakout star for, seasons to come to be honest i think that team is well on their way to be one of those one of those um top contenders steady contenders in a in the league man i definitely agree with you bro jamal murray fucking bucket bro that's what he does you know what i'm saying we we remember watching him and donald mitchell go back and forth in that playoff series in the bubble man they was going at it you know what i'm saying so that's a great pick as well bro but i gotta rock out with my number two pick i'm gonna rock out with kelly Oubre for the charlotte hornets man he had Probably one of the best seasons of his career last year. He averaged 15 points, shooting 34% from the three-point line and 44% from the field in general. And uh, I definitely think he's going to take that next step, especially with a player like Miles Bridges being out, who was their best scorer last season. So I think when you take that into consideration, they're definitely going to need a lot more scoring at that forward position. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like Kelly Oubre, who was like top three, top four in the sixth man of the year uh, race last year, I feel like he's going to take that next step. I feel like he's probably going to average more than 20 points just because LaMelo Ball is not going to be able to do everything itself. Terry Rozier is not going to be able to be the only one that could score on a night in and a night out basis. So they're definitely going to need some, some, um, you know, some points from a player like Kelly Oubre, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I think Kelly Oubre is a perfect choice. My number three spot was a really easy one, man. I'm going to go ahead and rock out with Christian Wood. Christian I feel like Wood, his, yeah. uh, his stock, was was very high when he was playing with James Harden, but then James Harden forced his way out of Houston, and then it was kind of like he was in no man's land. He's playing that year with the Rockets. The Rockets are not, aren't really good. They have a lot of young players, so it's like he's not reaching his full potential. Mm -hmm. Well, you go play with a guy like Luka Doncic, man. You're his new pick and roll partner, bro. Pick and pop, pick yep. and roll. I feel like it's gonna be yeah, bro. It's, it's such an upgrade. It's such an upgrade over AJ Powell, bro. I don't know if you guys are familiar <laughs> with AJ Powell. God bless you, but he's like six, 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 seven. He was playing at a power forward, and he was literally the lob. Yeah, bro. It's just yeah. there's no way AJ Powell. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's just not right, bro. It's just not I, right. That's like, I, I used to I used to pick and roll with him all the time, man. But, <laughs> yeah, but, um, I feel like that's just gonna be instant, instant rocket fuel to his numbers, bro. And I feel like we thought Christian would have potential to be a, a good big man in the league, bro. So I feel like playing with Luke is just gonna unlock all the all that potential that we thought he already had. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and coach Jason Kidd, bro. I'm excited. Yeah, bro. Hey, I love Jason Kidd, bro. A lot of people were sleeping on him last year. I, th- I think he's a great coach. <laughs> hey, bro, cut your mic on. So, so, <laughs> all right, y'all hear me? Yeah, we hear you. All right, cool. So the guy that I got scoring 20-plus points a game, um, is a guy that actually didn't score twenty plus points a game this season. I'm a fall. I'm following the rules and regulations. So this guy <laughs> was rookie of the year. Okay. Um, mm. Scotty Barnes. I think he's going to yeah. be a phenomenal player. Yeah. Um, I I like what I've seen from him so far. I kind of like his his attitude towards the game. I don't know if you guys seen it. Like I don't give a damn who you are. To be honest, yeah, we gonna come here. We gonna work. I like the passion and attitude yeah. towards the game, and I think he's one of those players that definitely is is one of those players that has the the league in good hands, man. I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with with time to come, man. Um, I also want to throw in a notable guy, Jay Jalen Green. I think he's going to be a lot better this season. Yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. Yeah, Jalen Green, bro, I, I definitely – a lot of people were trying to call him off uh, the first part of the season just because it looked a little rough. But those last 20 games, Jalen Green was averaging like 24 points on very great efficiency. So we have to, you know, uh, you know, take into consideration what Jalen Green could be. I definitely do like that pick. Um, you know what I'm saying? But for my number three, I went ahead and chose Desmond Bain. But I kind of want to choose someone else since that player's already been picked. So I'm going to go ahead and rock out with Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton, I feel like, is going to excel so much for the Indiana Pacers just because when he was with the Sacramento Kings, you had De'Aaron Fox kind of blocking some of his potential because they do both play the point guard position. So I feel like with Malcolm Brogdon being traded to the Celtics, and Tyrese Halliburton kind of having his own team when it comes to the to the backcourt. I feel like this is definitely going to uh, be the most or the best thing that's happened to his career so far in his young career. Uh, I feel like him having his own team, uh, even regardless if they trade Miles Turner or anything like that, I feel like Tyrese Halliburton could uh, potentially get his own average 20-plus point game or 20 points a game this season. Also, another guy I'd, I'd like to throw out there who needs some respect is going to be Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma had a terrific season, his best season that he's had his whole career last year, averaging like 17 points on great efficiency. I feel like he's going to take that next step. I feel like he's going to be uh, another secondary scorer alongside Brand- or Bradley Beal, you feel me? So, yeah, man, those are my guys. So, man, let me add in one more guy, man. Shout out to Jordan, two more guys. Shout out to Jordan Poole and, and Gary Payton, bro. I think Gary yeah, Payton yeah. is going to have a good good time over there, bro. I think he's going to do his thing. He's no longer with Golden State Warriors. He's with that other team over there, but <laughs> shout out but to him, bro. I think. Not a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Never guy seen. ain't no superstar, but yeah. I think I think he'll have a, a great season, man. I think he's kind of finding his way in the NBA, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he'll do as well, man. I definitely do like that Jordan Poole pick. Uh, I'm not too sure. Like, how do you guys feel about Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry all playing together in a regular season? Like, do you guys think all of those guys can get their points? Definitely, man. I think I think someone will 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 have to will have to figure it out, um, figure out the chemistry. But I think uh, we've never had a problem with who scores the points 
Yeah. Um, I just think we're that type of team where everybody can get the rock, everybody can hit a three. I mean, I'm kind of excited to see how Clay bounced back. He didn't have the season he exactly. wanted, but it's is I think it's important to notice to note that he just can't what he what he came back from the two injuries that will normally typically end somebody's so career. Yeah. Um, so to not have the season you want, but to still kind of get in the NBA finals and still produce and still kind of have that pool. Um, you can't leave Clay Thompson open. That's just one of the guys, whether he's making yeah. or missing shots. If you leave him open too many times, you'll you'll wake up and you're like, damn, we down 40 points. But he's just one of those guys that loves the game. So I'm excited to see what he has in store next season. But I think we'll be able to make it work. Good shit, bro. Yeah, I was just kind of curious just because I feel like we've seen that team with Kevin Durant, uh, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. I just feel like with three dynamic guards, I just feel like it's going to be a whole completely different game. And I'm honestly excited to see it, man. I feel like this, you guys are going to be one of the most entertaining teams. I think the only issue would be if, if Golden State decides they don't want to play one of the guys, bro. And I think yeah. that would be Jordan Poole. But I feel like we've seen it last year, bro, in the playoff run. <laughs> Obviously, play wasn't his full self. But to come back for those two injuries, like bro said, and then win a championship, I feel like all the pressure is off. And we know Clay Thompson loves hooping. He's a hooper. I feel like he's going to come back full potential, doing what he does. I feel like this is easy because we know Clay Thompson doesn't really handle the ball a lot. He can, but he doesn't. Yeah. So I feel like it's going to make it easy. And then I don't see the, the Golden State Warriors playing them all together at the same time. I feel like this just gives them whoever they want to bring off the bench. We've seen them bring Curry off the bench. They can bring pull off the bench. Whoever's playing with Clay at that time, bro, it's just going to be a, a dynamic. That's the danger of the whole game, bro. You yeah, have players like them, like Stephen Curry sitting on the bench. It's kind of scary. We got bro, we got bro shooting the lights out, and then you got, got Curry, you got Clay. Yeah, but that's a, a deadly combo, bro. But we just beautiful them, though. We, we hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we, open tonight. before we go any further, we're not even going to address the goddamn 12 seed team in the league. Um, <laughs> before we go any further, um, let's make sure we give a shout out to my man, the MVP of this episode, yeah, bro. Joel, man. Um, we had a lot. Of, we had a conversation back at, I don't know, it was this summer, um, back at my cousin's graduation. Shout out to her, big grad. Shout out to all the grads out there, though. Um, you kind of had a conversation just about the podcast in general, we kind of talked a lot about life in general. Um, just a group of us back there, bro. Um, I like what you're doing. I know you said you was graduating this year. Um, so early congrats on that, bro. But appreciate all the support, bro. Appreciate you tapping in, bro. Um, I'll let y'all give y'all big gratitude and, and thanks. Yeah, man. So I don't know personally, but I think I, you went to the high, right? Went to the yes, high. Sir. Okay. Yeah. I think I went to Landon with them as well. So, yeah, man, shout out to you, bro. Uh, I don't, like I said, I don't know him personally, but he's always seemed like a high energy guy. He's always making people laugh. He's always making people happy. So, big shout out to you, bro. We really do appreciate your love, your support. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, bro, like, really do appreciate that. And, yeah, man, keep tapping in. I heard that my boy Todd got you uh, on the interview. So, that's awesome. Can't wait to see that, my guy. So, shout out to you. Uh, all love, my guy. Yeah, bro. Um, we do have an interview coming out with bro soon. Um, not entirely too short. The exact time I'm gonna drop it, but bro, it's a it's a, a really dope interview, bro. I think people will take a lot from that. Joel's a he a great guy, man. He has a, a great story, and bro, he's just yeah, a really like a genuine guy, bro. Just to be around, bro. Energy's crazy. So I think you guys are gonna enjoy that interview, bro. But shout out to you. You're one of the first people that actually came up and gave us some legitimate feedback, bro. Not just oh you. Oh, shout out to you guys, bro. I like what y'all doing. Like, actually, like, gave us feedback. Like, oh, bro, y'all think about doing this? Did y'all think about getting this person, bro? So I really appreciate you. And yeah, bro. Yeah, bro, you're the MVP of this episode, man.
Shout out to you. Sir, appreciate it, man. And that concludes our jump ball segment for this episode. If you want to be the next episode's MVP, make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Like, comment, and subscribe, man. Always stay tapped in with us, man. We're watching. We'll get on with this next segment, man. All right, man. enjoyed that jump ball segment, man. That shit was pretty fun to do. Yes, sir. All right, man. So this is my team. So I'm going to hop in. Hop, hop in. Ahead, bro. Let me know how you really feel. I'm really excited to see your guys' uh your opinions on this trade, man. So this happened kind of in like the the uh middle of the night, man, for me, because I was asleep when this happened. But we had Pat Bev get traded to the Los Angeles Lakers for THT Stanley Johnson. What's your guys' thoughts on this move? Terrible trade. Terrible trade. I, I don't know, bro. I think it's a good trade for both sides just because the Lakers are getting exactly what they want. They're getting someone that can come in and help them win now. The Utah Jazz, they're getting someone out of there that can help them win now because they obviously don't want to. And they're getting someone like THT and Stanley Johnson, which, I mean, it's nothing crazy, but, I mean, for what you guys gave up, it's really not that significant if you ask me. But I definitely do like this move for the Lakers. I mean, you take away Russell Westbrook, uh, if they potentially trade him, I definitely do think this is a good move, even with Russell Westbrook on the team, just because they need someone that can come in and get everyone's mind right. Like, I feel like Anthony Davis, this is exactly the type of dude that he could use on that team. Am I, am I right on that? And think like, about that, bro. That's, that's real talk. That's what I'm saying. Like, as a Laker fan, I feel like you could probably relate to that the most because Anthony Davis, we all know his talent, but, like, he needs someone in his ear to someone. just, you know – because, I mean, we just seen what Patrick Beverly did with Carl Anthony Towns, who was known as one of the softest players in the league. You know what I'm saying? He got him a little riled up. He started going off the season, and he took a team. I don't want to say he took a team, but he helped provide the energy to take a team to the playoffs, you know what I'm saying, that hasn't been there in over 20 years. So I feel like for the Lakers, bro, this honestly is not a bad move. I mean, yeah, you guys gave up THC, who was a young talent, but fuck all that. You guys have one of the greatest players of all time in uh, LeBron James and then I guess another – top 75 player of all the time and Anthony Davis on your team. So it's like, why not try to do anything in your power to try to win now? You know what I'm saying? So and man, here's, here's my take on the whole situation. I'm not impressed at all. Um, the why Lakers not? make these benign trades and expect everybody to be excited over it. I think only Lakers fans, I mean, it's, it's cool, but you make a trade for Patrick Beverly. You act like you just traded away. Westbrook. No, I, I, I agree. I it's agree. It's Patrick bro. Beverly. No, Let's they're not real. sending him over the top, but like we all but know like, what Patrick Beverly brings. You know what I'm saying to a team. Like he, if he was on the Golden State Warriors, how would you feel? Like would you be pretty happy? Um, we got Draymond Green, so we are kind of already got our but own you, Patrick Beverly. But I mean, you got another cool. one. Like that's he's a, he's one of those well. guys, but he doesn't provide like he's not like a huge scoring load, or he's not like a big. He impacts the game in his own yeah, way. Yeah, he can change the game that. with one single position. Yeah. We see what he did at LeBron Christmas two years ago. But like. For for me personally, he's not one of those. This is not one of those trades. I'm like, oh, it kind of like kind of back to that situation where earlier we had a, a segment where we're like, do the Lakers do look desperate? Do they look like it just seems like a trade? Okay, you made the trade. It's cool. Hopefully, Patrick Beverly does his thing over there. But to be honest, honestly, I just think which I don't think a whole lot changes. Um, we've often seen the Lakers underutilize their pieces, um, but this is under new management, so we'll have to give them the chance. But you added Patrick Beverly and you lost who they lose? THC and Stanley. Like is that is that a significant package to you? My That's thing is my if you couldn't if you couldn't do the damn thing with Stanley Johnson, I think Stanley Johnson is a pretty good piece. Um I he in my opinion, he's better than Patrick Beverly um himself, whether he has an impact on the game. I just think if you couldn't That's use crazy. Stanley Johnson. That's crazy. 
Stanley Johnson passed around a couple times the past couple years. He's a pretty he's a good defender. Yeah, he's decent. Happen. He's decent. I mean, of course, well, of course, with the Lakers, he was their fourth best player, but the Lakers really weren't on shit. That's why he looks so good. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you bring in a Patrick Beverly who can actually help you win games and not just put up numbers. I feel like that's almost a little bit more important. Like, I get where you're coming from. Like, it doesn't change. It doesn't move the needle for them at all. Like, they're not a championship contender just because they got Patrick Beverly. But I'm just saying, like, you add a player like Patrick Beverly to your team, you are going to win more games. And I just feel like that's just inevitable. Now, let me say this. About think Pat, let me say this about Pat Bev because sometimes he talks like he's just like he talks uh, like he's a. That's I think that's like that he we talks all, like he's a, yeah. a LeBron James. Like Patrick Beverly. 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 Who are you? That's oh, a we part. all know he talks more than that's I mean, same thing with Draymond. Yeah, even Draymond. Draymond talks too, but like, I think I, that's a little different for Dre. That's though. a part of the character, though, bro. But like, I don't know, bro. They both talk the same amount of shit and put up like five points. You know, but Dre knows his role. Dre doesn't talk like he puts. But so up. does Patrick Beverly, bro. That's why they got Dre, bro. Pat did average thirteen last year. Thirteen. Yeah, you want me to jump out my seat. I'm just saying, bro. But thirteen points a game. Oh, thirteen. And what are you going to do with 13 when you have Russell Westbrook, LeBron and also, James, man, we and also Anthony have, Davis? We also have to put in consideration Patrick Beverly was one of the biggest contributors to making a play to making a playoff appearance for a team that hasn't been there 20 years. You think, like, he, was, was you think he was the biggest contributor? I didn't say he was. Anthony, I said he was one of the biggest. But bro, <laughs> hey, bro is hating a little bit right now. Let me show I'm not hating. I'm just being honest. I'm onto this conversation. Just a little bit, bro. How you <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to look at it from an unbiased lens. I'm going to give you all my take on the situation. And I just think. Um, Patrick Beverly is a great guy to have on your team. He's one of those guys you want on your side, but I don't know how this really does anything for you guys. I just seems like you guys just are making trades for the sake of making trades. I guarantee. Just, what do you know? What the record was, Taj? Do you guys know what your guys' record was last year? I guarantee you guys will have more wins. Not for sure. Well, definitely they'll have more wins because they'll have players back and healthy. However, so as much as as much as uh, Pat Bev talks, I feel like there's that group of. Like, they're superstars, obviously, like we talked about earlier, but it's that group of role players that will fit around any superstar, bro. And I feel like Patrick Beverly's up there with Jay Crowder. He's up there with PJ Tucker. Guys like that, bro, that will fit around anybody, bro. If if you have a chance to get them on your team, bro, you're like, hey, come over here. So, for me, this is kind of weird having LeBron and Pat Bev on the same team because Pat Bev's been, like, an irritant for I don't know how long. His whole career, LeBron never paid attention to him, but now that they're going to be on the same team, bro, I agree. I was like my brother. I didn't have that much of excitement, like jumping out my chair when I seen the trade. But now just listening to Coop talk and kind of thinking about it, bro, I feel like this is going to be somebody that sets culture for our team. Pat Bev, as far as his attitude, bro, I, res- I respect that, bro. You don't think Artie has a culture? <laughs> this a winning culture. You can't go in there and win in the LA culture. See, the thing about the Lakers is usually years previously, they can hang their head on the defensive end without being a scoring team. But last year, they couldn't even do that. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like when you're giving, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like when you're giving up all those points and not able to put them back on the board, it just kind of makes it hard. So I feel like you bring in a player like Patrick Beverly, who's one of the best defenders in the league at the guard position. Let's be honest, bro. Morale morale was hella down last year, bro. We didn't have any type of like fight. Obviously, we had players players that was just trying to just like, hey, bro, we out here hooping. Like, yeah, we're going to win. Um, I feel like that's going to be. Somebody like Pat Bev that can call out yeah. like, LeBron. and that's all I'm saying. I don't expect him to come out here. Yeah, we know LeBron James gets on yeah. a little whiny bullshit sometimes. I feel like that's somebody that can call him out. Like, bro, you're not playing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. even uh, uh, Anthony Davis, bro, when he's getting like a digital, like we had Rondo, and I don't think Rondo and Pat Bev are the same player. But bro, get your ass down on the post and work, bro. Like, don't be out here shooting threes. I feel like yeah. he's gonna set a culture for us, bro. 
He's gonna set the tone. Obviously, I don't think he's the greatest basketball player. Hey man, he's laughing at it, but bro, he's just I think it's funny, bro. He's gonna see next like, year. You're acting like this is a uh uh organizational just, big organizational changing piece for y'all. This is we, I'm saying, like, I don't say, winning bro. Games, bro. we're talking about winning games. Like, all right, so the trade was stupid, in my opinion, bro. What they gave up, but when you think about it, bro, the Lakers are are or let's say LeBron led teams are ours and win now mode, bro. So THT is really not. That's what I'm saying. Can you expect anything less? Like, can you expect anything you know what I'm saying? Bro, he's a good. I wish we could have kept him, but hey, bro, it is what it is. We got Pat Bev. I think the Lakers have a, a plan of as far as trading Russell Westbrook. So we're probably gonna be getting something back for him. So I feel like this is gonna be a good piece for the Lakers this year. Now, if we're talking about like over the future, I think the Jazz won the trade, bro. But we're talking about right now. And let me shout out my pops, man. I, I hit him after the trade. I was like, damn, what you think about this? Cause He's, he's pretty objective when it comes to stuff like this. He's not going to be, like, over-the-top excited or, like, over-the-top disappointed. He said hey, – I don't mean to interrupt you real quick, but I just want to let you guys know that uh, Stanley Johnson averaged 6.7 points last year. I'm just letting you guys know. I'm just letting you guys know. No, we not, <laughs> oh, 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 not trash, but <laughs> – You're not, um, man. You ain't no Patrick Beverly, I'll tell you that. Much. On my dad. On that Lakers team, though? I think I, – I definitely The, the Lakers team Patrick was Beverly's terrible last year. That's what I'm if, saying. That's why if, Stanley Johnson. If we be good. honest, though, <laughs> if we be honest, if you bring Stanley Johnson to any other team, I think he plays a lot better than that. If if you want to be honest, a lot better than he. No, played he actually had a pretty good season last year. That's my point. Like he he's been passed I, around. He was with the Raptors. He was. I gotta Pistons. remember the man got picked up like halfway through the season. Bro. That's what I'm saying. Right. If he was that good, he would not be picked up halfway through the season. He would have been on an NBA roster at the beginning of the season. That's my point. And there's a lot of players <laughs> that get passed over, but to think that. Patrick Beverly is going to somehow come here and that's make you guys a winning bro. team is yeah, kind of nuts. You got to listen, bro. I, yeah, I, no I'm one's saying that, bro. We're saying like – You just said he's going to win more games. Set a There's more work to be done. We're going to win more games. I think you win more games starting with LeBron James. And just Andrew to clarify, Beverly. I didn't say that. I didn't say that, but I will say that Patrick Beverly, did he not change the culture for the Timberwolves last year a little bit? <sighs> He made he made them fake tough guys. He made so he made that guy to the out of call Anthony Towns. And he does that with the Timberwolves, bro. With with Cat and Anthony Edwards, bro. What do you think he's gonna do with LeBron? That's what I'm saying. Those are younger guys. Listen, those are younger guys. Bro, but this the league. Pat Bev, he was just had a Rico Hines run talking about playing your role. Him and Draymond playing your role, bro. That's the thing about that makes Pat Bev an impactful player, bro. Because he doesn't try to do too much. Exactly. Like he definitely doesn't try to do too much. He's a try to do too much fit. player. That's his. That's his role. And Draymond, like, I'm gonna get out here. I'm gonna get under your skin. I'm gonna do everything I can. That's not what I mean by doing too much. I'm talking the about stats up shots. on the board. But however, I think when you have guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis, um, I think it's a little bit different rather than having a younger guy and these younger guys and 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 Ant Man and Cat. That's I mean, a different obviously. style of that's basketball. Obvious, you have a leader in itself in LeBron James. I think the the change comes from LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I don't know what what more Pat Bev adds to this team. You know, Bev is he's an impactful player on his own. He doesn't need nobody. Yeah, else. I can I can but tell you I, right now what he has. This is defensive intensity, which is something like I said they have lacked last year, bro. And like I said uh, just a while ago, pre- years previous, that's what they held their head on was the defensive end, and they couldn't do that last year. And you bring in a guy like Patrick Beverly, who I just said, man. Help change the color, the culture for a team like the Timberwolves who has not been on shit for 20 years. Like, that's crazy, bro. And I feel like you bring him into your team, I feel like there's going to change something just a little bit. He brings a dog on everybody, bro. But I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not even saying they're going to get past the set. None of that. I'm just saying they're going to be more. I'm even back to what I said, though. I, he made a great point about the Lakers. Everybody was high on THT. They picked THT over Alex Caruso. They didn't walk to the 
to the Bulls, man. So yeah, Alex Caruso was kind of our pat bad, bro. He was like he was a defender, bro. He played his role to a T, bro. He could hit threes when we needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Alex, Alex Caruso was a much bigger. Uh, he was a much bigger pat bear, bro. But I mean, I feel like. It's never, it's never too late to do the right thing, bro. They got rid of THT yeah. out in the pad bad, bro. So I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, like Coop was saying, bro. We used to hang our hat on defense, but then defense went straight out the window last year. Um, we had Alex Caruso, KCP, those are our perimeter defenders. We lost mm-hmm. those guys. So I feel like we have a, a, a good replacement in Pat Bad, bro. But I feel like it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna prove worthwhile for us, bro, trading for him. So I really feel like it can't hurt. It can only help, bro. Um, we're definitely gonna beat the Clippers now that we got their one of their best players in their <laughs> in their history, yeah. the most impactful. Damn. So we got okay. the script tonight, bro. And then we got the the Warriors on open tonight, bro. So I'm excited. And I ain't gonna lie, NBA, what the hell are we doing? You wow. want places? You want places against the 12 seed team? <laughs> hey man, everyone knows. Hey, hey, hey I'm just bro. very unimpressed with the Lakers. <laughs> I'm not right getting now. 56 last year, though. I mean, I'm not 56 saying 56 is cool, but you're a 12 seed team. We need to see that that Boston rematch. Let's do that. Let's pop that yeah, off first. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. But man, hey, I'm just saying, bro. My ring night. We're gonna see what y'all think, man. Listen, bro. I'm not saying Patrick Beverly's gonna be the game changer. I'm not saying he's gonna win them a championship or even get them to the playoffs. I'm just saying that they will win at least a minimum of one more game with him on that team, and I guarantee that. Like, I almost would put money on that. Hey, you know cool. No, no, don't even explain it no more to him, bro. He's going to see when it happens next year. But let's say that no, – I'm not – yeah, bro. I'm, I hate the Lakers. Not to win. The Lakers are not trying to win as many games as possible last year, bro. We've seen at the end they kind of just kind of gave up, bro. That's oh, they it. definitely did. The last five, ten games, like, it's, it okay. looks kind of their, – their future kind of looked inevitable at that point. They're like, yeah, we're not making playoffs. So we might Everybody has to refocus. But, hey, real quick, bro, we got a minute left. Do you guys think this means Russell Westbrook is off the team? I actually don't because I don't really see much of a trade scenario for him. But honestly, I feel like these two, bro, I feel like in a, in, I don't know, some kind of crazy galaxy type of world, bro. I, I can see these two being like good teammates. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but like defensively, they both have the same attitude. I feel like if they actually put the work in, I feel like these two could maybe become best friends. I don't know, bro. Yeah, some of the bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe now that they're on the same team, but I don't know, though. That's kind of tough to say because Patrick Beverly did hurt uh, Westbrook some years back. He injured him. So, I don't know how uh, Westbrook would feel about that, you know? I think I think uh, this means Russ is off the team. Um, I Obviously, I think they could coexist, but I feel like the Lakers are making these moves knowing that they're going to have a trade for Russ. I don't know who it's going to be, if it's going to be Miles Turner, Buddy Hill, but I feel like there's a trade coming down the pipe, bro. Just stay for tuned. Sure. For sure. For sure, bro. Well, all right, man. This is a great episode, bro. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of great discussions, bro. We're going to touch on the next one. Yes, hey, sir. y'all be moving. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace, y'all. In the jungle like I'm Conan, kind of a buff ass Switch the flow like it was broken, I'm on the road man Making plays just like DeRozan I shoot my shot, and that shit wetter than the ocean I brag a lot, but with the wind and come the boasting I made a lot, from them apartments that I sold And he didn't make it up to college, so them streets where he enrolled And I know I'm a scholar from the moments that I was exposed in